Welcome to Illinois Family Spotlight, a conversation about issues of the day from a biblical perspective, as well as highlights from interviews, conferences, and events. Here's David Smith and Monty Larrick. Thanks for making Illinois Family Spotlight part of your day. I'm Monty Larrick, and this is David Smith, yeah, the Executive Director of the Illinois Family Institute and Illinois Family Action. Dave, Judge John Novarini presently serves as a circuit court trial judge in the 16th Judicial District in Kane County, where he's been a member of the bench for more than 13 years and in the legal profession for 34 years. His judicial experience includes having served as the presiding judge of the Family Law Division, presiding judge of a Criminal Division Domestic Violence DUI Traffic Courts, and presiding judge of probate, guardianship, traffic, and mental health courts. Now he is running in the Republican primary to bring his conservative values to the second judicial district of the Illinois Supreme Court. And we need a Republican to win that seat, and it would be perfect if John Novarini won the primary and then beat the Democrat in November of 2022. Not just a Republican, Dave, a conservative Republican. (laughs) Would we interview anyone less than conservative? (laughs) You never know about Illinois, Dave. Uh, Judge, thanks for being here. Yeah, thank you, Monty. Thank you, Dave. It's great to be here. We have an opportunity to take this branch of of, uh, the government, which the Democrats have had for how long? John? The Democrats have controlled the Illinois Supreme Court since 1964. <laughs> if you think about that, that's LBJ was president at the beginning of the Vietnam War. Um, I was born in 69, so oh, it's 69, longer than longer me. Longer than you've been alive. Otto yep. Kerner, our first uh, Democrat governor to go to jail, was governor. <laughs> and um, Richard J. Daley, mayor of Chicago, was the father, was the mayor, mayor of the city of Chicago. So it's been a long, long time that the Democrats have controlled the Illinois Supreme Court. And as you mentioned, we do have an opportunity in this cycle to take back the Illinois Supreme Court. Uh, the second and third judicial districts are uh, up for election, open seats. Uh, I am in the second judicial district, which consists of Lake County, McHenry County, Kane, Kendall, and DeKalb counties. Uh, prior to that, uh, up until last year, it used to go, uh, the second judicial district used to go all the way out to Iowa. But the last year, the Democrats came in knowing that they couldn't lose, they, they wanted to uh, take this seat because, again, the Republicans have held this seat forever. I don't think the Democrats ever held this seat, but the Democrats wanted to uh, want this seat desperately. They want to hang on to the Illinois Supreme Court. They're not so sure about the third. I think the third is more uh, apt to uh, go Republican. That's been Democrat. Uh, but they, what they've done is they've come in and they gerrymandered the second judicial district. Yes. They've taken everything west of McHenry County all the way to Iowa, which are the Republican precincts and uh, counties, sure. out of the district. And it's one t- it was like 60-40 Republican. That's why it was held by Republicans for years. Uh, now it's probably 54-46 Democrats, probably plus seven or eight uh, Democrat right now. And what they've done is legal. Yeah. Uh, it's, yeah, nothing illegal about it. The, as, not only do the, the Democrats control the Illinois Supreme Court, they control the uh, Illinois House, the Illinois Senate, and the executive branch. So pretty much whatever goes, whatever they want, they do. And so for the sake of checks and balances, it would be good 
for the Republicans to have at least one branch of government under their control so they could check like maybe an out of control governor who keeps issuing mandate after mandate emergency rule after emergency rule well, what do would, you think that would be refreshing <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's, this is uh, we're going to wake up on november 9th dave and monty and we're going to have a democrat controlled house we're going to have a democrat controlled right. senate right and it's going to be uh, hard to beat the billionaire uh, jb pritzker so, that's right so the one uh, branch that we do have a shot, uh, uh, a good shot at taking, is the Illinois uh, Supreme Court. Maybe the best shot. Let's yeah. put it that way. Right. Maybe I, there's going to be a red wave in in the United States in November. Let's pray for that. Well, I'd say I, I, yes. I'd love a red wave, but I would I'd prefer a, uh, a a revival. Well, <laughs> in the country and well, the that, state of Illinois. Amen to that. Right. Amen to that. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's an opportunity here to take the Illinois Supreme Court. And you say Republican, I say conservative. Sure. You need a conservative Supreme Court justices that will uh, follow the law. They'll, they'll, uh, they'll, they won't be judicial activists. They won't legislate from the bench. Um, you know, if, if the Constitution, if our Constitution is a living and breathing document that changes with the culture, then our Constitution is meaningless, right? We, we have the founders knew what they were doing. Uh, if you want to add to the Constitution, there's, a, there's an Article 5, you can amend the Constitution, and you can repeal the Constitution. Yeah. If you don't, you but the argument those. is, Judge, that, yeah, that, that, that's a good thing, but it takes too long to do that, and uh, there are some immediate concerns that not, must be addressed, and, uh, you know, you're, you're not uh, reflecting the values of our time. What do you say to that? Executive orders being oh, issued and yeah, no, legislatures we acting. We live in a democratic republic. I mean, it's supposed to be the people. Uh, the people, it's government by the people for the people. Amen. Right. It's not, it's not a dictatorship. It's not a, a monarchy. Uh, it's, a, it's a republic. Amen. And we need rep representative government. Um, and you have to stay within the bounds of the law. You, you can't, you know, a lot of what's coming out of Springfield it's questionable whether it's constitutional or unconstitutional. And that's why we have the courts. That's why we've got this third independent, uh, co-equal branch of government. To check the others. The judiciary, correct. Amen. So, and then it has to work through the system. That's the other thing. It has to work through the system. It comes before the court. And we hear, you know, again, uh, as a, a judge, I've been on the bench 14 years. Um, good judges, they listen, all right? Uh, good judges uh, listen more than they speak. Uh, you have to have an open mind. You listen to both sides. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I listen to a, a lawyer argue, argue and, and I think in my mind, hmm, that's pretty good. I, that's probably the way I'm going to go. And then I hear the other side argue. Yeah. And I think, oh, well, that's pretty good, too. And then you, 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 then you uh, listen to what they have to say. You, you uh, compare it to the, the law and the, the facts, and then you make a decision. Amen. And that's, that's how it should work. You don't legislate from the bench. You don't... Uh, you don't you don't make law. That's Amen. not what we do. We follow the law. Amen. You, but there's a lot of pressure for you to make law from the to bench. To be an activist. Yeah. Oh, that makes it easy in the legislature. Yeah, it they, does. They, That's they, they right. don't they don't they don't want to make the hard decisions because they're up for election. Yeah. Every two years, and so they they prefer the courts to make these decisions for them. And then some judges will do it. I will not do it. I will follow the law. I will follow Amen. the Constitution. Well, that, that could, at, at times, I would think, put you at odds with some conservatives who would want you to rule a certain way because they've got this law they want to get passed and what have you. 
Are you talking about Illinois? Yeah. <laughs> Conservatives haven't passed a law in Illinois in years. Yeah. Right. It's the bipartisan combine, yeah. the establishment guys. Yeah. Right. That's that, the establishment. That, that's true. That, that concerns me. You're right, Bonnie. It's the, it's the establishment. Yep. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm, I've described myself politically as non establishment, independent, grassroots conservative. And you're standing on your principles, right? right? The I law, am, right. the Constitution. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I have never been appointed by the insiders. Okay. I never, you know, some judges get appointed. I think that should get them a bonus. <laughs> a few, a few bonus points. This is our fifth campaign. I've always been elected. Okay. Ne- never appointed by the ins- insiders. Always elected by uh, the people. Good. And the insiders are the establishment. That's right. Absolutely. That's the insiders are. So, Judge, let me ask you. Um, so, a few years ago, you heard a lot of noise about um, a. a constitutional convention here in Illinois. Let's redo it. Um, And conservatives were saying this, and I kept saying, no way. The Democrats have control. It'll only get worse. Um, Illinois' constitution is not that bad. What say you as as the expert in the room here today? (laughs) Oh, no. I've read the constitution. I've read the U.S. constitution. I've read the state constitution. Right. And I, I would agree. I mean, there there are some things that uh, we could probably. The last constitutional convention we have was 1970. Right. So that's 50 years ago. And Madigan was in control. Right. Uh, things in the last 50 years uh, have changed. Big time. But overall, I I think the Constitution is pretty solid. The one thing that I'd like to see different in the Constitution is the ability of citizens to get things on the ballot that were binding. Right. You know, um, the uh, the re- the advisory referendums are just that official polls, right? And um, right. it's frustrating. That would be that'd be something uh, worth looking at, uh, right? Uh, binding, you know, referendums, but the, the, with the state being controlled by the Democrats, you know, like term limits, I think they tried to get that on, right? Right. Uh, fair maps. They, I don't think I, I think they went to. I think they actually appeared went up to the Supreme Court. It did. Yeah. Uh, but it was, you know, look at the, look at the on these big issues. It's four to three, four to three, four to three. Right. And you know it's four to three. The four Democrats vote one way. The four Republicans vote the other way. Right. And look what happened to the marriage amendment. That's Re- right. Remember, uh, like they challenged they, they uh, challenged uh, the 60, sixty-two thousand of our signatures and uh, disqualified us from the ballot. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And that was Madigan's people. So it was all inside insider baseball. They didn't want us on the ballot just for the mere reason we would encourage more conservative turnout. Right. If if that oh, question yeah. was on the ballot. Exactly. So I mean that's water under the bridge now, but um you know, this election cycle is so vitally important. Um, I was in the third district when we worked to unseat, help me remember, or um, the, the justice. Uh, that justice was, Kilbride. Thank you. Yeah. So Justice Thomas Kilbride, we worked very hard to make sure that he had to run again or right, um, not get approved for another 10-year term. Yeah, that was a retention vote. Retention vote. Right. Thank you. And then they, after that happened, they redistricted. The um, the whole judicial map in Illinois. So there's five is it right districts. Five districts. And uh, they redistricted it. And the one that you said, I, I lived in. I live in Will County, and it went all the way out to Iowa. Mm-hmm. And now that's changed. And Michael Burke is going to be my new. Yeah, uh, Michael Burke out of DuPage. Cause they took DuPage out of the second judicial district. And, and, moved, and now Justice Lake Burke. County is in with uh, McHenry and um, the other one. What Lake McHenry, Kane, Kendall, and DeKalb. <laughs> Correct. So, no, they gerrymandered. The Democrats, uh, you know, they, they know what they're doing. They, 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 not only, they have control of the House and the Senate and, yeah. and the executive. They also want to continue to control the uh, uh, judicial branch. Now, what they've done, they control 
the Illinois Supreme Court, as I mentioned, they control the appellate and circuit courts in Cook County. Uh, what they're doing now is they're coming out to the Collar Counties. They want to get control of the circuit and appellate courts in yes. the Collar Counties. Yes. And how they're doing this is they're creating what they call judicial sub-circuits within the circuit. So they create, the, they create these sub-circuits and they gerrymander them such that only a uh, well, they say they do it for the purpose of they need a more diverse bench in the collar counties. <laughs> it's really like more Democrats. So, so that's essentially more what judges. they're doing. Right, more judges, which we don't need. Uh, I'll get to that in a second. Uh, but they, they say for the sake of diversity, but it's clearly for the sake of electing more Democrats. And what they're doing is they're packing the court. Yes. They're packing the courts. And they've done it in, uh, right, they've already done it in Kane County. They've done it in um, uh, Lake County. They just did it in DuPage County. It was done in uh, Winnebago County. And uh, I'm, I'm sure McHenry County is next. You know, for our listeners who don't know what that means, packing the court, and why that's a bad thing, in layman's terms, so they can explain it to their family and friends why this is bad, why would you say packing the court and the way they're doing it is a bad thing? Well, it's what, you know, the circuit court is a training ground for the appellate court and the Supreme Court. Right, right. Right, uh, you know, you can in Illinois. You can't run for Supreme Court. All you need to be is an, uh, an attorney, you register to vote, and in good standing, and you can run for the Illinois Supreme Court. But you know, it's, it's a long shot if you don't have judicial experience. So, uh, you know, packing the, especially the appellate court, because you know, you know, 95 of the cases, uh, is the circuit courts deal with them, and they, they, they it's over. And you get about five percent or so, five or ten percent. They then go up to the appellate court. And probably maybe two or three percent. They have by right they can go to the appellate court, but the Supreme Court can pick and choose which cases they want to hear. Ah, interesting. Right? So you know, two or three percent may go up to the Supreme Court, but yeah, uh, the more Democrats, the more you know. Ultimately, they just want to keep controlling uh, control of the judiciary. Again, it's a uniparty. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Maybe maybe we take a break and come back and uh, learn a little bit more about your background. Uh, and um, what you think are the top issues facing the court. Sure. All right. This is Illinois Family Spotlight. Our conversation with Judge John Novarini will continue after this. Abortion pills are changing the game. For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street with The Point. There's a revolution in abortions happening, writes Christina Carterucci with Slate Magazine, and the Supreme Court can't touch it. She's referring to so-called medical abortions, pills that are used to terminate a child's life at home. As of 2020, this kind of abortion was already the most common, and with the Supreme Court preparing to dismantle Roe v. Wade, it will likely become even more common. One impact of this would be to drive abortion further into the shadows, away from medical super. Supervision. This is especially the case since the FDA has allowed prescribing abortion pills without a doctor's visit during COVID. Though the pandemic's over, the policy remains. The toll that this will have on America's preborn children, their parents, and our national conscience will be significant. Hidden evil always flourishes. We need pro-life legislation that extends to the abortion pill. It won't be easy. And the church will need to be out there, making a path of forgiveness known, offering hope and healing and truth in Christ Jesus. And we'll need some courageous lawmakers to put an end to this death by mail. For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street with The Point. Thanks for joining Illinois Family Spotlight. Monty Larrick here along with David Smith, Yellow. the Executive Director of Illinois Family Institute, Illinois Family Action. We're joined by Judge John Novarini. He is a candidate in the Republican primary for the Illinois Supreme Court. What's uh, your website, uh, John? 
snoverini.com. Snoverini, like November, N-O-V-E-R-I-N-I.com. Must be Italian. Italian, correct. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, in the interest of transparency, uh, John and I became friends when we were students at Moody Bible Institute couple years ago or more (laughs) (laughs) and my daughter camille is uh working on his campaign okay so so disclosure disclosure out there what did you study at moody bible um that's kind of a long story Um, (laughs) i I got saved when i was 19 years old okay and i was at the time going to triton college and uh after triton um pastor heimbecker great great pastor uh advised that i go to moody bible institute um uh, so I could learn the Bible, you know. So Not I, a bad idea. You know, my dad wanted me to, uh, to study accounting. So my dad was a welder, worked, you know, outside. And he said, get, just get a job where you're working inside. <laughs> get a job on the inside. <laughs> so I uh, went to Moody. I applied for Moody, got accepted. And then when we went to register, they'd ask me, uh, well, what, what's your, what do you want your major to be? And I said, well, I'll, I'll do accounting or business. I said, well, we don't have accounting or business. <laughs> <laughs> I said... I said, well, what do you have? I mean, we got pastoral training. We got missionary aviation because they saw I'm a pilot. I love to fly airplanes. Oh, no I'm, kidding. I've been a pilot since I was 19 years old as well. Uh, and I still fly in the last, you know, I hear that has a, its ups and downs. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> Low, I'm with you always, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but we went through it, and I, I, we said, I don't think I want to be a pastor. I want to be a missionary. And you know, so, what's, so I finally said, what's your most secular degree? And they said, well, communications. I said, well, I'll take that one. <laughs> but it was good. I, the reason I went to Moody Bible Institute, and it's a great school, and it really was my best, best educational years, was to learn the Bible. And three years later, I, I knew the Bible. So you learned God's law book first. Right. Exactly right. <laughs> and I have no regrets. And I encourage people to put their kids in, in the Christian schools, uh, the public schools. They're not education anymore. It's indoctrination. Amen. I hate to say it. i got two brothers that taught for 30 years in the public schools. Uh, they love the kids, but they just, by the end of their careers, they're ready to get out. Amen. So, but yeah, Christian, uh, especially Christian colleges, if you send your kids to a Christian college, that's, I, I'd encourage that. For me, it was Moody. Moody so Moody was school. a good foundation yeah. for you. I built on that for the rest of my life. Okay. I, I really did. So I encourage kids to go to Moody. Well, I would like to know, as far as the court today, what are the issues facing the court that, you know, you anticipate? Why would it be important for a conservative Republican to be on the court? What kind of cases do you see coming up? And I know maybe you can't talk to any specifics, but well, uh, in general. Yeah, there's good constitutional law. When you're on the Supreme Court, you're dealing usually with constitutional issues or, you know, something's constitutional or unconstitutional. Um, good constitutional law. I'll give you an example. Uh, the Dred Scott case, yep. 1858. Right. All right. The Supreme Court of the United States blundered. Big mistake. All right. They got the case wrong. Yeah. All right. And when you get cases wrong, there are consequences. That's right. This is this is one of the sparks to the, the U.S. or American Civil War. I mean, uh, eight years or seven years after the uh, Dred Scott decision, there were 620,000 Americans who were who were dead. As a result of the, in part, as a result of this decision, that's right. we go to 1896. You get the Plessy versus Ferguson case. That's where the Supreme Court blundered again. They came out and said that the uh, they came out with a separate but equal doctrine. Right. All right. And overnight, the country was segregated. All right. And what was worse, legally. Yeah. Quote unquote. Right. Legally. But what was worse, you get separate but equal. The problem was it was never equal. Never equal. Never equal. Never. Right. And so we had. Uh, we had uh, black people going to inferior schools. Uh, Sitting in the back of the bus. Right, exactly. 
Uh, and it was until 1954 in Brown versus Board of Education. Now, the problem with Plessy versus Ferguson, again, um, bad constitutional law. Mm-hmm. 1954, we get Brown versus Board of Education reverses Plessy. Right. Good constitutional law, solid constitutional law. So there's a basis for it. All right. And you know when you have good constitutional law is when you don't have people in the streets protesting. <laughs> all right. We come around 1973, we get Roe v. Wade, bad constitutional law. Yeah. The court should never have taken that case, never have taken that case. And as a result, since 1973, we've had people on the streets protesting. Every year. Every year. And so now outside Supreme Court justices' homes. Right. Uh, so that's, it's, it's, you know, whether you're a pro-life or pro-abortion, uh, everyone, are, all constitutional scholars, I shouldn't say all, but the majority of them, one being Lawrence Tribe, who is a, a very liberal constitutional scholar, he even says Roe v. Wade is bad constitutional law. Sure. There's no basis for it. They had sure. to come up with this right to privacy. It's just there's no contrived. solid basis for Absolutely it. Absolutely contrived. Yeah. So now it looks like the Supreme Court is going to overrule or possibly overrule, find out later in June, uh, whether Roe v. Wade is overturned. And it looks like it might well be. And if that's the case, then it all comes back to where it should have stayed, and that's with the states. So... And Illinois lawmakers have worked very hard over the last couple sessions to make Illinois more friendly right. to abortion mm-hmm. and uh, including making Medicaid abortions available, undoing our parental rights law, which is really troubling. Um, and, uh, and so we're going to become a, a dumping ground unless we can change hearts and minds of people and get more conservatives elected to the legislature to enact laws to regulate and maybe eventually abolish abortion in, in Illinois. Right. If we can get uh, conservative legislators, uh, like, like I said, people, uh, uh, it's going to take to some degree a revival. Yeah. I mean, people's minds and hearts have to change. Exactly. In my opinion. That's, absolutely. So, You're absolutely right. But ultimately, right. these things will work their way up through the courts, and that's why the courts are important. Absolutely. And we'll be hearing these cases. Judge, I don't know if you can comment on this, but I'm going to ask the question anyway. Uh, Illinois has the so-called Reproductive Health Act. And there are those who say, well, there parts of this law are illegal, particularly when it comes to, um, well, let's backtrack. Um, let, me, let me rephrase this question. Okay. <coughs> Judge, a couple years back, uh, our legislature passed the Reproductive Health Act. And before that, uh, Governor Rauner signed into a law legislation that would allow taxpayer dollars to be used to fund abortions. Do you see where there could be any grounds where that could be challenged legally? Or is this just etched in stone, we can't do anything about it on the legal front? No, the case would have to be brought before the courts. So I, don't, I can't say that anything is etched in stone. Uh, but you'd have to have somebody bring, bring the case and then it work its way through the system, first the circuit appellate and then ultimately to the Supreme Court if they couldn't find resolution. So, well, and then there's a lot of talk among pro-lifers now that the, maybe the way to attack abortion is that uh, what the gays did for uh, same-sex marriage 
equal protection under the law. Do you think there's a case to be made for the unborn to have equal protection under the law? Hmm. Um, you know, privately, I can announce I, I'm pro-life. There's no, no question about that. But when I'm sitting on the bench, again, I, my, uh, I listen to both sides. I'm impartial, and my uh, personal views do not impact my judicial decision-making. I have I announced that. I mean, that's what judges do. We don't legislate. We don't make the law. We follow the law. So... Yeah, we may have yeah. to skip that one. Okay. You want to skip that one yeah, altogether? Yeah, I think okay. so. Okay. So, let, let, can I ask something I mean, real quick? <clears throat> I know. Unless you're on a roll. You want to get to something else. Well, I, maybe I didn't phrase the question properly, but... Well, let me... So, ask me the question again. Okay. Let me, let me hear it again. There are life activists who are suggesting that maybe the way to attack uh, the legality of abortion is to uh, tie it to the equal protection clause, that the unborn should have equal protection under the law. Are there any grounds for that, or could they make that argument in a court? Could it, that argument advance, you know, from one lower court to the next. Do you see that happening yeah, at all? Yeah, I mean, I, that's possible. I mean, uh, you had to have uh, somebody bring the case. Sure, that'd be, you know, yeah. due process, 14th Amendment. Uh, so, yeah, I'd say it's a possibility. It's a possibility. Okay. okay. And, and my, my question is, uh, you know, based on what happened with medical freedom and um, the governor's um, repeated emergency mandates that he had rolled out multiple times. Um, that plus you see government um, entities throughout, whether it's a local police department or health department or whatever, mandating the vaccine, which is, okay, and you don't have to answer this, but it's experimental. It hasn't been tried and true like the FDA normally goes through a process for these things. Um, is there any place for conscientious objections for um, Illinois citizens who may also be a government employee, a state employee? That's a good question. Uh, yeah, I mean, personal, my personal view is, is if you want to be vaccinated, get vaccinated. And if right. You don't, now, whether uh, you can require employees, uh, again, that'd be a case that has to work its way through the system. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. And it should be, I think, right. should be challenged. Let and the court decide. Yeah, you got a pretty good gig right now uh, in your judgeship. Why take on this Supreme Court thing? I mean, what, uh, yeah, a lot of headaches. I understand money. And I've, I'm uh, 14 years on the bench now. I've had a variety of calls, as uh, you mentioned earlier. Uh, presiding judge of the criminal law division, where I presided over close to 100 criminal jury trials. Wow. Presiding judge of the family law division. Uh, presiding judge of the probate court, the guardianship court, which the guardianship court, I really, I spent five years in the guardian, probate and guardianship court, and I found that to be very gratifying and that we're protecting in, in that court the most vulnerable, truly vulnerable in our society, the elderly, the disabled, and kids. Mm. And so I, I found that very, very, uh, very gratifying. And then, of course, mental health in the traffic courts. Um, but I've been doing it 14 years, and, and you know, it's I, hate, I don't hate to say it, but Illinois has a very generous pension system. Sure. 
And at this point in my career, it's actually costing me money to work, if Uh-oh. you can believe that. <laughs> Goodness. I'm still young enough and healthy enough, but I love what I do. I do love what I do. But there's, uh, there's an opportunity with Bob Thomas retiring in 2020 and the seat opening up. Right? Yep. It's really time perfect for my career. Good. Have you ever been a place kicker? No. <laughs> I do love baseball, though. But, but you said you served on traffic court. What do you think of uh, the red light cameras? Oh, mm. Get rid of them. <laughs> Get rid of them. All right. I'm with you, and I think most of the listeners are too. That's uh, that's a good good way to raise revenue. And, you know, taxing the, the poor again. And the mayor in, in Chicago using them also as a speed control. Right. Right. Now, right. I now mean, speed control. It's just it's ways to raise revenue. That's what it comes. To. It's all they they're always looking for money. That's the problem with Illinois. You yep. know, conservatism. As a young man uh, in early, in the '80s, I I was. Uh, my mind was open to conservatism, yep. right? Ronald Reagan was, became president, and he was very simple and direct. Three things I remember him saying. Smaller, limited government, lower taxes, and less regulation. Revolutionary. Right. And, but you don't hear the, <laughs> even the Republicans talking about that much anymore in Illinois. Illinois, it's complete opposite. Ever-expanding government, yep. higher taxes, and uh, <coughs> over, over-regulated Yep. And incidentally, that's exactly what they're doing with adding these sub-circuits. Exactly right. Expanding, expanding government. the size of government. Uh-huh. Uh, we, as I mentioned, we don't need more judges. What they do in Arizona, they have what they call commissioners. Again, we, Illinois has the highest paid judges in the country, mm. second only to California. Do they also have the highest pensions? They've got one of the highest pensions, <laughs> right. Uh, beginning July 1st, my salary will be $223,000 a year. That's it's good I'm, to be I'm, the judge. I'm an elected circuit court trial <laughs> judge. All right. Now we have in Illinois we have elected judges and appointed judges. The circuit court judges that are elected appoint the what we call associate judges. Okay. Right now they make only two hundred and fifteen thousand. Only two fifteen. Oh right. man. So, but what they do in Arizona, they got elected circuit court trial judges, and then they appoint what they call commissioners at a third of the cost. Oh wow. All right. So there's and a lot of what we do is administrative. We got two hundred and twenty-five thousand dollar circuit court judges or, or appellate court judges at two hundred fifteen thousand doing weddings, doing wedding ceremonies. No kidding. Doing name changes, uh, uh, doing doing expungements, doing simple clerical things that you don't have to pay somebody that that amount of money to do. Where do I sign up? Right. <laughs> so I mean, you got to start looking for ways to reduce the size. My point is, look for ways to reduce the size of the government, lower taxes, and and uh, uh, reduce regulation. Boy, that sounds like something good to end on right there. Well, I got a couple other questions. <laughs> okay, all right, all right. Mont- Monty's not done here. Well, who are some of your judicial heroes? Oh, good. Oh, well, uh, going I'm, 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 after Moody, I went and got my master's degree in history. I wanted to teach high school history, all right? But uh, that didn't, didn't work out. I ended up... Uh, a little better pay what you're doing <laughs> yeah, now. Right, better pension, too. <laughs> Uh, John Marshall, if you, I've just finished a biography on John Marshall. He was uh, excellent. I mean, he really gave us the foundation. He was Chief Justice of the uh, U.S. Supreme Court. Right. But currently, uh, Clarence Thomas is, is very, very good. Clarence Thomas is a very good justice on our Supreme Court. I would agree with you. Yeah. Sam Alito would be another one. Alito? Right. And then uh, Scalia? Say what you want. Uh, you know, Anton Scalia was, was really a genius, if you ask me, a legal genius. Um, but the... Uh, uh, you know, say what you want about Donald Trump. His first term legacy is the is the United States Supreme Court. Yep, isn't that uh, yeah? Is, that's his first term legacy. <laughs> Amen. Really, and, and those he's, lower he's court judges as well. Oh, the, the, the district court and the yeah. uh, federal appellate court. Sure, he 
He's given the, the liberals fits even now. Right. He probably <laughs> kept us, keep us going for another 20 or 30 years Amen. with yeah. his appointments. And let me ask this. and I'm just curious. Uh, <laughs> when they're, the Senate is uh, conducting their confirmation hearings for a Supreme Court nominee, what goes through your mind? What questions would you like to see these politicians asking? Oh, the, 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 really, the only question you ask a, a judge or should, should have to ask a judge is what the question is, what is your judicial philosophy? Hmm. How do you view the Constitution? That's the question. Uh, I am a, an originalist, what they call an originalist. All right. I look at the Constitution, which I always carry one in my pocket here. There he is. He's pulling it out and of his I pocket. Read it, I read it as it's written. All right, as the founders wrote it, uh, originalist. Uh, but you got some judges who are uh, not originalist. They're judicial activists, or they believe it's okay to legislate from the bench. So, so that's my, the question you ask. What is your judicial philosophy? When I was going to UIC um, for my political science degree, I took a constitutional law class, mm -hmm. and um, I remember reading in class an, art, an article from Psychology Today um, which was the living, breathing Constitution. Anyway, um, it, it was per persuasive back then to a, you know, influential, you know, young man. Indoctrination. Yeah, right. right? <laughs> but uh, I've grown to um, understand what it is now. You right. know, uh, it means it can mean whatever you want it to mean. Right. At so, any given time. And I'll, I'll wrap up with this question. And this is a question my daughter Camille fed to me. Okay. Uh, how does being a licensed commercial pilot help you as a judge? Oh, what I love about, I've always loved flying. What mm. I wanted to do, uh, that's what I wanted to be, was a pilot. Right? I wanted to be a pilot. I, right out of high school, I, I'd work, and I would take a flying lesson. I'd work, and I was making like 3 bucks an hour. And <laughs> at the time, it was $20 an hour. I remember it was $20 an hour for uh, the airplane and the flying lesson. And I remember thinking, how am I going to come up with $20 an hour? <laughs> It was seven dollars for the instructor, thirteen for the plane, uh, but that, well, it took me a year and a half to get the license. <coughs> so I got that. I've been flying ever since. I got my not in my I got my multi-engine, my instrument, my commercial rating. I love flying. And I, what it does for me, Monty, when I'm up there flying, everything else leaves my mind. I'm just flying. It's, it's so I, I, it's something I love to do. It's a stress reliever. Right. If you can so believe that. <laughs> what is the biggest plane you can fly? Commercial plane. Multi multi-engine commercial. Oh, and right. how how. What is the furthest you ever flown? The, the oh, it's mainly been the Midwest. Okay. Like my wife and I love flying back. Back and we go to Nashville uh, every so often. Nice. Uh, one night we we're flying back from Nashville. My wife looks over at me and says, "I thought she was, it was a beautiful night, calm night. See the lights from the cities." And I'm thinking, "Oh, it's a nice flight." And she says, "Well, tell me what happens if something happens to you." <laughs> <laughs> I said, "You got to learn how to fly an airplane." <laughs> and we got back the next day. She signed up for lessons. And Saray, my wife, is a remarkable person. She's running my campaign. Uh, but she did. She learned how to take off and land an airplane all by herself. She sold. I was going to say, the parachutes are in the back, honey. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so if the judge thing doesn't work out, you Right. Got... <laughs> well, that's the whole point. I wanted to be a pilot. My, I tried to join the Air Force at one point. Uh, my, my eyesight was terrible. They said, yeah, we'll take you, but you'll never get near an airplane. <laughs> so I had to end up settling for the judge thing. You know. No, they have surgery for that now. <laughs> I, I did. In the 90s, I had my the LASIK done, and but by then it was... Yeah, it was too, too late, late for, for you to join the, right. the military. Well, if you're going to be voting in the primary, yep. uh, I personally will 
encourage you folks to vote for Judge John Novarini. Well, I've personally endorsed John Novarini for for judge. And so uh, if you live up in the northeast corner of the state of Illinois, uh, look for his name. Go to his website, which is? Novarini.com. Novarini, N-O-V-E-R-I-N-I.com. And uh, check them out. If you have some questions, you can probably submit a for- something in there. Oh, yeah, the, in the website, the, you, ask, you can call. There's an email. There's uh, uh, phone numbers. You can call, contact, or ask questions, whatever you'd like. Happy okay. To so and, then, and we need to pray. Yeah. Remember, Phil, Phil Ward kind of reminded us we need to pray. Um, and, of course, you have brought up the fact that we need a revival. And so we pray. Pray for revival. Pray for God's mercy. And pray for a big red wave. Um in a little more time um, to get things right in this nation, state right. nation. Uh, yeah, in our, Illinois. I, I still believe there's hope for Illinois. Amen. We're, we're staying. We're not going anywhere. Good. All right. That's good. Well, Judge John Novarini, if you're picking up a Republican ballot in the primary, uh, look for his name. Novarini.com. All right. We have voter guides, Dave. I'm not sure how many we have left, Monty, but if you go to IllinoisFamily.org, you can click on the online version and pick them up, or you can call the office at 708-781-9328 and see if we have a bunch left that maybe we can mail you so you can hand out in your neighborhood or your church. And you can go to Illinois Family Action to look at our endorsements. Right, ifiaction.org. We have a huge list uh, I'll tell you what, Monty, this election cycle has been kind of encouraging because there have been a lot of good people running, putting their head, their neck out on the line. Let me freeze that. There have been a lot of good people running, putting their neck on the line uh, to run for office. And I just want to thank them. I want to thank you, John, for, for putting yourself out there. Like you said, you don't have to do this, but you want to serve. You want to serve the king. You want to serve the people of Illinois. And I am grateful for people like you. Thank you, Dave. I appreciate that. Thank you, Monty. All right. It's always good to see you. Good to see you, John. And uh, thank you, folks, for tuning in. Please tell your family and friends about Illinois Family Spotlight. And uh, do be uh, healthy, stay active, and God bless. Amen. For more information about Illinois Family Spotlight, visit ifiaction.org. And to email questions and comments, do so at feedback at ifiaction.org.